Welcome to the Shoreline Community Church Podcast, a community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. For more information, be sure to check us out online at shorelinecc.com. We think about our traditions. That's one of the things that we love about Christmas is all these traditions. And if you remember from the movie, in the beginning of it, we find George Bailey ready to just give up his life and jump from the bridge. He's lost all of his hope. He lost all of his love. He lost everything. And what we're seeing here is we're seeing how all of these things were restored to him, not through money, not through any of that. But somehow the joy came back to his life. And that's what we're talking about today, that George was able to be restored in all these areas. And that's what we're talking about this this, uh, week three is the joy. And when I think about joy, I'm reminded of a verse that my mom used to quote to me. How many of you have moms that they just had a scripture for everything, you know? And, uh, and even when it didn't seem to be out of context, she made it work somehow. But one of the verses that she would quote to me all the time when I was feeling down, and she would say, Dwayne, Nehemiah 8, chapter 10. Let's read this together. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Say it again. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I got to tell you, the first 20 times she would recite that to me, it, it didn't really give me a whole lot of joy, <laughs> you know. And there were times, and I think one time I just went, gag me, Mom. The Lord's, he's forgiven me for that. But it really, it instills something in me because there's a lot of strength in this that we're going to dive into this today because it's, it's a verse that, that uh, we recited growing up and we even had a song that we would sing. Any of you know that song? The joy of the Lord is, and it goes on and on. That, those, that's the entire lyric for a five-minute song. And we would sing it a lot. But we found out that it's important to point out because everything that we want today, when you talk to anybody When you get down to what is it that you really want to be, we all want to be happy. Do you want to be happy? I do. (laughs) You know, I want to be happy. These are things, and we were made to be filled with this joy. But the problem is, if we don't do it the right way, we can fill it up with a lot of junk. We can fill it up with a lot of things that we think are going to give us joy, a lot of things that we think are going to make us happy. But anything besides the Lord is going to end up hurting us and destroying us. So this is what we're talking about today. We're talking about joy. We're talking about the, the, but the joy of the Lord and what that means. So, Father, as we head into your word now and as we unpack these powerful words from the prophet Ezra in the book of Nehemiah, God, I pray that you would open our hearts. And, Lord, that we would be, as you said, you said, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who are, they've emptied themselves so that we can be filled with the joy that you offer to us today. And as a result, that we would find our strength in that. Speak to us, Lord. We are listening. And everyone said together, amen, amen. So first of all, let's talk about what joy looks like. You know what joy looks like? Because when I was a kid, especially this time of year, as a kid growing up in the 80s, joy looked like an Atari gaming system. How many can testify to the goodness of God with the Atari? That's back when games were good. Don't leave. And then after that, you know, joy was a Nintendo. We wanted to play Super Mario Brothers, right? Any Mario fans out there? Mario. See? Or new fishing gear, or when the Air Jordans came out. Our basketball team had Air Jordans. I had, I had an original pair of Air Jordans that my dad threw away when I went to college. He's still a good man. <laughs> you know, but, and I thought all these things would bring me joy, but when I grew from being a boy <laughs> into a man, 
hopefully, um, I realized that these were not really the things that gave me joy. You know, the Atari, the gaming systems, the fishing, the sports stuff, the music stuff, all of these things, it wasn't really about the stuff, but the joy that I had in these things was I got to do them with other people. See, I love playing Donkey Kong. Is that a foreign language? I love playing Donkey Kong and Pac-Man and all the other things that we, that we had fun playing, but there was nothing better than playing that with my best friends. You know what I'm talking about, right? You get your friends together, you come over. Um, I love fishing. I loved going fishing, but there was nothing like fishing with your friends. See, all of these things were about creating friendships, and they were really about bringing connection together. Because when it comes down to it, connection is where we find our joy. That, that great connection. Like, you know, I love to play piano, and I play a lot at home by myself, but there is nothing like playing with other people. This, this gave me a lot of joy today. If you all hated it, I don't care. I had a lot of fun. Because it's fun. You know, uh, kayaking. I love, the, I love the kayak. I love to get involved. And, and so I joined a kayaking club. And because I love kayaking, but there's nothing better than kayaking with, with friends. And I'll call up Eric. Eric, you want to do another kayak adventure? Because there's nothing better than doing it with people. Everything that you want to do when I'm watching a movie, watching a movie with my kids snuggled in next to me, there's nothing like it. You know, the beach is beautiful, but it's more beautiful when Stephanie's there with me. Yeah, it's, Steph, Stephanie went and Stanley. <laughs> Stanley's my dog, if I haven't increased his fame enough. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? Family and friends, they make everything so much better. Now, I know there's times that we go off alone. Jesus went off into the wilderness. There was times he talked to his disciples and said, guys, you go that way. I'm going this way for a while. And we get alone. But even in our alone time, we get together with the Lord. And we need those times. But all of those times, they strengthen us and they enable us to then come together and experience that the, the joy that the Lord has. Because, see, this is the great secret in life. That's really no secret. But joy is found in community. I'm happier today because I'm here with all of you. And I don't just say that to sound nice. It's really true. I mean, ask my wife. I mean, it's, when, I'm, when I'm together with people, when I'm with all of you, when I see somebody who hasn't been here for a while, it just it fills me with this joy. That's why the New Testament is filled with all these references to joy. You know, Paul, throughout all of his writings in the Romans and in all the epistles, it was, he prayed that all of these churches he was planting would be filled with joy. One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is joy. And it says that Jesus endured the cross and the pain of the cross for the joy that was set before him. And as I quoted earlier, when the angels appeared to the shepherds, you know, an angel, when you're out on a countryside and you've got sheep and you're looking out for lions and tigers and bears, oh my, you know, and you, all of a sudden this heavenly host, this supernatural event takes place in front of you, an often feeling that people would have when they would see these angels, because angels are not these little cherubs that we see, right? These little kind of delicate things. When we hear the Bible describe angels, they are mighty warriors. I mean, they stand strong. And the first response that people would have seeing an angel would often be, fear, <laughs> right? But the angels, they appeared to these shepherds, these tough shepherds, and said, fear not, for I bring tidings of great joy. And then they said, this is for all people. This is for everybody. 
all of these references and so many more, they're connected to community and to building the community because Paul knew that the churches needed, and as the Holy Spirit fills us, we experience this, and Jesus, and, and all that he did to create this community because the center of community is where we find joy, but the center of the community, the way that we find true joy is not in just coming together, but it's through knowing God. See, this true joy and true healthy community is found in God. You know, I love how the psalmist said in Psalm 87, the psalmist said, all my springs, all the fountains and the sources of joy are found in you, O God. All my sources. And he described it as a spring, this fountain. See, this is the the secret of experiencing true joy that the Bible talks about is being connected to God, being filled with God. Again, in Psalm 116, and the words will be up here on the screen for you, and I love this. It says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of what? Joy. And at your right hand are pleasures evermore. See, the Bible is telling us that true joy, long-lasting joy, a joy that can't be taken away, no matter where you are in life, if you're at the top of the roller coaster or if you're down in the valley, because life is a roller coaster. No matter where you are, the Bible is pointing to a way that we can have joy in the midst of all of this. I think that's why one of the great things that brings me joy, and Stephanie will tell you this, there are few things that bring me more joy than when I see somebody pursuing God. When I, get down with, when I get to talk with somebody and they're talking about, man, they, they want to follow the Lord and, and there's some things in their life that they recognize need to kind of come into alignment and they go, yes, I want to do that. Pray for me and help me as I do that. Or I, I share Jesus with somebody, whether it's here or on the street or wherever I go, or I've, I've even, I've shared Jesus with people in a kayak. Nothing brings me more joy to this. Jesus talked about this often. In the parable of the lost sheep, Jesus said, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. What that means is that as we come together as a community, when someone comes in and they receive Christ, we should all be rejoicing. And we do. Isn't that exciting? When we hear about that or we get to experience that? See, this is how we were made. and Because when we do this and when we're walking through and we're sharing the love of Christ and we see people receive it, we are engaging with the whole reason that Jesus came to earth as a baby over 2,000 years ago. And it's in one of the most famous verses in the Bible, John three sixteen, where it says, this is how God loved the world. And I love how it's an action. He didn't just say, I love you. But this is how he loved, that he gave He gave his one and his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And I love 17 when it says, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. This is the hand of our father. Everything he speaks to us, these little promptings of when we get off, he speaks to us not to go, bad Dwayne, right? But he speaks to us to say, no, your joy's over here. Your life's over here. Your fulfillment's over here. Everything is over here. You're heading in the wrong spot, Dwayne. Come back here. 
come back here. See, this is a joy that is eternal because, as it mentioned in John 3, this is about being reconciled to God, about our soul being reconciled to him for all of eternity. And this is the joy of Christmas. This is what the prophet Ezra was talking about in Nehemiah when he said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And if you remember, we've been digging into this era of history back in this Babylonian takeover, this exile. And right here, the prophet Ezra, he's speaking to the nation of Israel because they have lost their joy. They've lost their connection with God. See, if you remember, because of their rejection of God, they were conquered by the Babylonian Empire and they lost everything. They lost everything. But now, 75 years later, the Lord is bringing them back, and he's rescuing them, and he's restoring them. But restoration requires alignment. I mean, if you leave a car parked, especially here in the Northwest, if you leave your car parked for any extended period of time, your car is going to have problems, isn't it? That left in the natural state, it's going to naturally fall out of alignment. Isn't that weird? (laughs) Right? Our natural tendency because of sin is to fall out of alignment. So if it hasn't been started for a while, and maybe if your heart hasn't been started for a while, and you've not been walking in those practices for a while, there's some restoration that's got to take place. I mean, even for me, I mean, my eating gets off for a month, and I'm like, dear me, what have I done? (laughs) There's a restoration that needs to take place. I'm not there yet. I'm waiting until January. In this moment, before these words are spoken, the prophet gets up, and the priests of the temple, they get up, and they read the law of the Lord. And it says that the people listen closely. See, they've been in exile. They've been away. They've been separated. They know that they need this. And they begin to listen closely. And as they would read it aloud, people would become aware of, I've been walking out of alignment with God. And it says here that the people, they began to mourn and they began to wail as the priest would, would, would instruct them and tell them because they recognized how off they had gotten. But mourning is okay, but it needs to be held to a season, doesn't it? Right? When we ask forgiveness, the Lord says that he freely forgives all those that ask. And he even says that now our sin is removed as far as the east is from the west from us. See, we can't forget stuff. (laughs) But the Lord chooses to do that because he's like, all right, now, let's go back to plan A. Let's go back to the life that I have for you. But this morning is important to get back because just like a car that's out of alignment, we need to identify it to fix it. The Bible talks about this, and it talks about here this aspect of repentance, Because when there's true repentance, it's a sign of people that they're embracing and they're also wanting to walk in a new way. They're they're wanting to get back in alignment. Because the Greek word for repentance is metanoia, which means a change of mind, which repentance now is it's, it's the ruthless dismantling of old ways of seeing, old ways of thinking, and it's a diligent and vigilant building of new ones. How many of you want some new ways in your life? I know I do. So you mourn, but then you, you move. You mourn, and you move. This is how the Lord works in our life. 
it reflects this morning that, that yes, we, we recognize that we're often that we need you. But the result of this, because Nehemiah, Ezra rather, in the book of Nehemiah, falls up, falls up with this, that yeah, there's mourning, but then he comes back to him and says, but look, there's a joy, the joy of knowing God, the joy of walking with God, the joy of getting your life in alignment. This joy, as we walk through and as, as we walk in this way, he says that this kind of joy will actually strengthen you. As you repent, sorry God, now let's get back on the right track, let's move forward. There's this joy that comes into our life, but more than that, there's a strength. See, strength is the result of this type of joy. And this is what Ezra is talking about. That when we're filled with the joy of the Lord, it's not just this emotional joy that is fun, though we have those things, and there are those times that we feel that, but there's actually this strength that results in that. Because we've, we're now found and we've been reconciled to God. That's why when the Bible talks about this word strength, when, when, when you do this study on what that word means, that strength is described as a place of safety. Strength is described as a place of refuge. See, sometimes we think about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Anybody remember who he is? I think he's still doing movies. I don't We think about the muscles, and we think about, man, doesn't that guy look good, and look how strong he looks. But the Bible describes it as this place of refuge, this place of strength, this harbor where it's a stronghold, where there's a steadiness to us. See, what this means is that the joy that God gives us, it, it's not about the feeling, though we have those, but it's about a place. See, our joy is about our position. It's about where we are. It's about being with God. It's about being yoked with Christ. And the result of that is it brings us joy. And the joy of being with God gives us supernatural strength. This is why one of the big distinctions of those who are walking with God is their ability to have joy in the midst of great struggle. Have you seen that? Now, we all have bad days. We all have dark nights of the soul. No one's perfect. But there's this joy that comes in that I've seen with so many that, God, you are with me. You are my strength. You are my rock. That in the midst of storms, I don't have the fear. I don't have the fear. You know, when I... Talking about the word fear, I've had some people who have expressed fear for my life over kayaking. You know, one of the things that, I, that you know, we're in this area, we are in a sea kayaker's paradise. Any sea kayakers out there? Any kayaking people? And, okay, we'll wait on forming the club. Um, but one of the things that, that you do is, I joined a club a year ago, and they teach you a lot of things, but one of the first things they teach you is what to do when your kayak flips upside down. Now, the goal is not to flip upside down, right? But storms come. See, storms come because when most people think about kayaking, they think about a nice, gentle day, right? A nice flat water where you're going out, where an eagle flies by. For me, an orca swims by. That brings fear to some. But for me, there have been no documented cases of attacks on humans. I say that for my wife. But they think about this calm day. But if any of you have been on the ocean, you know a calm day can change to a wavy day like that, can it? 
Talk to mariners. Talk to people who've been out there. They'll tell you that the most beautiful waterways that are surrounded with is storms will come up. So what that means is if I want to enjoy the beautiful, spectacular places that are out there, if I want to go through the islands, if I want to go up and even venture up to the inside passages of Vancouver, I need to learn what am I going to do when I flip upside down. And one of the key things of doing this is they actually teach you how to roll. They teach you how to roll. Roll means you go upside down, and then there's a whole technique in coming back up. And they do that because in the process, rolling, it teaches you stability. It teaches you boat control. It it teaches you how to brace and ultimately how to get back up if you need to. And what that does is that now when you go out and when you face the waves and you have all of this information, you have all this practice, you have all this stuff in you, the waves don't become as scary anymore. That you learn that, in matter of fact, if a wave is coming your way side on, if you try to move away from it, that wave's going to knock you right over. Know what they teach you in how to withstand a rogue wave that comes aside? They teach you to lean into it and stick your paddle in it. Now think about that spiritually. In the things in our life, sometimes we want to run, we want to dodge. God, that's too painful. God, that's not there. I don't want to flip upside down. And God's going, hey... You have yet to experience what this means. See, some of you, you may be feeling like you're flipped upside down right now, and God's going, just wait. Know what I do when I'm flipped upside down? I open my eyes. It's pretty beautiful. But you've got to be filled with a certain amount of confidence and peace that comes in that. And there's so many times in our life that the Lord's saying, if you want to go over here, I need to get you ready. If you want to walk in this way, I need to get you ready. So we're going to do some of these small things here. We're going to bring some small waves. We're going to do some little flipping here. Because once you know how to do that, once you know that when you flip upside down, you're like, I have no need to worry. The Lord is with me. He's walking with me. He's coming out. And when these waves come, instead of going away and getting hurt by it, I'm going to lean right into it. My next lesson that I'm doing is going to be a surfing lesson, how to turn and how to surf that wave. Something that could have hurt me. Something that could have caused great tragedy in my life. Now, as we walk through, there's sources of great joy. See, this is what Jesus does for us. When we're walking with him, when he's leading us, when he's bringing us down areas, and you're saying, God, this doesn't feel right. If it feels like, God, you're pushing me away. It feels like, God, like you're judging me. God, it feels like all these things are happening. Lord speaks into my heart. He brings me in alignment. He says, I'm with you. Come back to me. Walk with me. Trust me. Don't abandon all of these things that I've given you. Just like the children of Israel, as they read that operation manual, the book of the law to them, don't stray from these things. All of these things, I'm going to strengthen you. It was like when I was starting to share my faith. You know, I love sharing my faith, but that used to be a very scary thing for me. And I would share my faith with some people, and I'd walk away and say, God, I think I just hurt them more than I helped them. <laughs> I think I confused them more than I helped bring them in. And the Holy Spirit just kept saying, just keep doing it, just keep doing it, just keep doing it. Because as you do it, you become stronger, you become stronger, you become stronger. And the Lord tells me, my grace is sufficient. I can work, Dwayne, even when you're trying to do the right thing, I'm working in that, and I'm bringing people into their life. This is the strength that the Lord is affording to us. 
This is the joy of knowing the Lord, of being reconciled to him, of walking in the strength. Because when I'm walking with God in this way, and when I'm, and when I'm filled with his joy, my life is now walking in alignment with God. I'm hearing his voice clear. I'm thinking more clearly about the things that are going on. The path is more clear. The words are coming through. And when I hit hard times, waves that would have knocked me over in the past, now I'm recovering from differently. There are still waves that will knock me over. And I read this from a great author talking about this. And he said, do you know what to do when you get that deep pain, when you really, if you're hurt by somebody or from a situation? He said, give yourself a day just to kind of mourn with that, sit with that. This is not right, God. This is not fair, God. This is not whatever, God. Right? But then after that day's up, all right, God, all right, let's go. I got it all out. (laughs) I'm ready to move on. The Bible doesn't say don't mourn. It just says you got to contain it, and you got to move on. And be strengthened from it and learn and grow with somebody and go, you know what, I'm, I'm still, can, can you pray for me? Can you walk with me? Can you help me with this? Can you just be with me through this? Can we just be real here for a moment? I'm not talking about the, the social selfie. Can we just be real? And Boy, I know it's there, but God, I just need you. Just walk with me. Just be with me. See, this is the kind of joy that Paul had when, when he was singing in prison. I mean, who sings in prison like that? This is the joy that sustained Daniel in the lion's den. This is the joy that sustained Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they were in the fiery furnace. God, whatever happens, if I get burned, I'm going to be with you. But if not, I'm still with you. See, this type of joy is a joy that it strengthens you when your family and your friends are struggling because in that moment the Lord is leading you and he's training you and he's teaching you and he's helping you in the middle of all this. And it's a joy that's only made possible by the location of strength. Remember that definition of strength? That harbor, that stronghold, that place with God. Where it's not about being muscle bound, it's about being God-centric. I'm standing with you, I'm walking with you. See, when we know that God made us and he has a purpose for our life. One thing that was a game changer for me as the worship team comes as we respond to the word of the Lord today. One of the things that's given me a lot of strength and a lot of hope as I've come for this, because sometimes we ask the question of, you know, Lord, I asked you for this and this was a good thing. And it's something that I really needed. And it's something that I thought, boy, if you would just give it to me, then man, I could change the world for you. (laughs) What I've found is that everything that I need, his hand provides. So conversely to that, what this means is that if God doesn't give it to me, I don't need it. Can we say that together? If God doesn't give it, I don't need it. See, there are things my parents said no to me that as a child I didn't understand, but as an adult I go, they were actually really good parents. And there are things sometimes that they're even good things that we ask for, and God's going, no, I want you to depend totally on me, not on this stuff. I'm going to lead you. Are you ready? The kayak's going to be flipping a little bit. You may be flipping upside down, but I want you to experience my hand. You know I'm with you. See, this is the game changer in our life. See, my job 
And Paul talks about this. My job isn't about growth. Your job isn't about growth. The Bible says one waters, one plants, but who gives the growth? God. See, our success is not found in the growth and the development, though we work hard for all those things. There's a responsibility that doesn't push it away. But there's a work that God would desire to do in our communities, a work that God would desire to do in your life that you, you can't make that kind of growth happen. Our success in life is purely obedience. And I even made it a math formula for you. Success equals obedience. And you can reverse those around. Obedience equals success. Our calling in life is to simply and profoundly obey God. Let his word be in our heart. That's why we do all these things. We, 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 we pray together. We seek the word of the Lord together. We gather together encourage one another so that whatever we face in life, we can hit those waves. We can sustain being flipped upside down knowing the Lord is with me. What can man do to me? What can mere humans do to me? I've got a supernatural God who made the universe. But it's that call to obedience, to walk with him and do what he's called us to. Amen? Amen. Can we all stand together today? Father, we give you thanks. Lord, none of us can make anything grow. <laughs> that's, that's the work of you. Even a seed in the ground growing, it's a supernatural act of God, of the creation that you made. So, Lord, focus our hearts today as we think about the joy of the Lord's strength. Align our hearts. Position us with you, O oh God, that we would find that strength, that we would find the joy of the Lord is our strength. Lord, I'm praying for that today. Lord, for people who are gathered here today, Lord, as, as the, if they would answer the question, how is my joy? They would say, it stinks. <laughs> it's not there. Stinks, stink, stunk. <laughs> Father, refill us with your joy today, I pray. In your name, amen, amen. Now listen, we get to respond to the word of the Lord today. And this, this is exciting because on the end of that response, on the end of that obedience to the Lord, success is waiting for you if you were to respond. So just be real with yourself in this moment. How is your joy? And be honest about it. Is it, is it steady? Do you feel like when life goes like this, you're still steady and you're leaning in the waves? Or is it when the waves come, they knock you over, and when they're down, you're down? Where are you today? And the follow-up to that, as we look to the word of the Lord, is, okay, what step is God asking you to take? What's the step of obedience that God is speaking to you in this moment? And this is the moment that the Lord would lead you right now. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward. And this may freak some of you out, but... Sometimes the obedience is just going to somebody and going, can you pray for me today? Can you walk with me today? Or maybe it's turning to the person next to you and saying, can you just pray for me today? I'm going to be real with you here for a moment. Pray for me. Or pray for this other person. Pray the Lord would give me words. Or you know what? The Holy Spirit's speaking to me about something that I, I, I need to get right. I, need to, I know that's the wrong way to walk. God, give me the strength to walk in obedience. But let's do that. Pray with them. You can also come forward and receive communion. I receive communion every week. This is a way of giving thanks and recognizing God is your strength. Now fill me today. Fill me today. You can do that by yourself. You can do that with your friends and your family. But let's take some step 
towards the Lord today. Amen. Father, we now walk in obedience to you in your name. Amen. Let's respond. And you know, before we leave here today, I felt as I was speaking there that the Lord has spoken a word to some of you about a step he wants you to take, and it's scary. Now, we can know there's all kinds of wonderful things happening on the other side of that process, but you're going, Lord, you've asked me to do this, and that means this is going to happen, and that means this is going to happen, and then this is going to happen. And the Lord is saying, that's not for you to worry about. I've asked you to take this step. He's extended his hand saying, will you trust me in this? And if that's for you today, I'd just like to pray for you. And even if, if you want to self-identify and just go, yep, <laughs> that's me. Just lift your hand. Let's, let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you would even be mindful of us and speak to us and flow in us. And Lord, I pray for that person today, Lord, as, as we've been responding, Lord, you, you, you've spoken a word, it's a, and it's a word that can scare us. But Lord, you have not come to give us a spirit of fear, but a sound mind. So Lord, remind us of who you are and what you would do in our life, what you would, how you would strengthen us to trust you. And Lord, as we trust, Lord, we know faith without works is dead. So Lord, speak life to us to take those steps to see the faith in act and then come alive. I pray for confidence. I pray for wisdom. I pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit that would fill us and remind us and give us wisdom beyond us. Your wisdom, your power, your strength. God, give them strength today. And Lord, give them the courage to, to find someone that they can talk with this about, that they, they can share this too, and to walk in that and be filled with the joy of the Lord because we know the joy of the Lord, it is our strength. So Lord, walk with us today. Give us wisdom today. Lord, that we would be filled with the hope. Lord, that we would be covered with the peace from the Prince of Peace and that your joy that is more than a feeling but it's a result of being positioned in God and finding that strength do that in us as we walk with you. We pray. And everyone said together, amen. Can you thank the Lord for his joy, his love, his hope, his peace, his strength? <laughs> Father, I thank you. I thank you for that. I thank you for that. Now, Lord, as we, as we leave this place today, Lord, we know that we don't leave you. You are with us. Be in us. Surround us. Fill us with your joy. I ask in Jesus' name. Let's say this together now. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and joy. Now go and live for Jesus. Love you all so very much. God bless you.